We have a wonderful uh, worship service today. The Mary Sunshine is uh, graduates are in the house, and they'll, they'll, they'll be a part of our service. But uh, we wish you a, a happy Mother's Day. We're glad that you're here uh, to worship today. And I just have a few announcements before we get started. If you are interested in going to the mother-daughter banquet over at the Silvis campus, please come and see me after this service. We need to get the, the count to them today. Also, other things that are listed there, uh, after service on uh, May 19th, you'll be able to have a pork chop dinner, as you can see there. Uh, that, that's a uh, sponsored dinner by the Wesleyans, and, and there it's a fundraiser for the, the new building. The uh, other things that are, are there, I just want you to know that gra uh, graduates from high school on up, we're, we're looking for the college uh, graduates as well, and, and master's degrees, all of those. We want to recognize you. That will be June 2nd, so please let us know. Uh, about your graduation. Uh, we have uh, uh, every second Sunday a couple things that happen at the church here in the afternoon. One is a bluegrass jam where we have people from the area who play bluegrass music come in down in the fellowship hall and, and uh, uh, pick and grin and sing and people come and watch. And it's always a question, do we do this on Mother's Day? Because it usually falls on the second Sunday. And a few years back, we just said, yeah, because there's uh, people who would like to do something in the afternoon on Mother's Day. And so it's an opportunity to come and do something, just uh, uh, participate in the fun. You're welcome to do that. Uh, that will be from 1 to 4. And then if you want to stay for the dulcimer uh, group, you can do that at 4.30 to, to 5.30. Um, it's, uh, it's just uh, they're, they're available for you if you'd like to, like to do that today. Now, we're, we're not a bluegrass church, but it's going to sound like it, okay? Because I just talked about that. This summer, we are making a change in our Saturday night format. It's usually downstairs in the, in the fellowship hall. Uh, but this summer, we've decided to, to have a, uh, a summer of, of bluegrass church, bluegrass gospel church. And we are inviting in different uh, bluegrass groups from the area to uh, come and, and uh, participate and, and play for those services. That'll start in the 1st of June. You'll be hearing more about that. But as we put that together, it'll be every Saturday night uh, and in uh, the summer at 5 o'clock. So you'll have that option uh, for worship if you would like. Today we... Uh, we're actually going to continue the questions of Jesus. I said we weren't, but uh, when we talked about this, uh, this day and joy, uh, you know, it's Mother's Day and all. I gave her the option of what she wanted to preach on. She wanted to preach on this, this uh, uh, passage. And so she was here at 8 o'clock and 9.15, and now she's over at, at, 10, uh, at, at Silvis at the 10.45 service. But the question of Jesus is, is really, it's really neat because it was when Jesus was in the temple at, at 12 years old. It's the first recorded words that we have of Jesus, and he has two questions. And one of them is, didn't you know? Didn't you know? And we'll, we'll be saying a little bit more about that. But once again, this is a wonderful time of celebration uh, with uh, Mary Sunshine and, uh, as, they, as they end their year, and also uh, the moms. Can I, can I see the hands of all the moms? We want to thank you, moms, for all you do. So, let's stand and greet each other, and if, and if you saw someone raise their hand, hug a mom. Let's all stand and celebrate before the Lord.
Until all 
chat about what's going on in the Bible, but who can tell me, today is a big day, and I, I hope you all woke up and ran into the room and gave your mom a big hug. Show, show me the hands. I already gave my mom a great big hug. <gasps> awesome. Did anybody get a card? Did you make something for her? Oh, she did. Lots of you did. Well, you know what? Those are all treasures to mom's heart. So I'm going to show you something that I found at my house. But today, Roger is going to talk about a story in the Bible where when Jesus was little, a little bit older than you, he got lost. Have you guys ever gotten lost before? Like all of a sudden you couldn't find mom or dad? Yes. Well, you know what? I can relate to Mary and how she was feeling when all of a sudden she realized Jesus was not there. He wasn't at home. And, and how could that happen? And I also thought, you know, that would be a hard job as a mom to raise up Jesus as a little boy. Don't you think that would be hard, Mason? Do you think Jesus ever said, Mom, I really hate peas. I just don't want to sit here any longer. You don't think he did? I don't know. I think it would be really hard. But one thing I do know, when Mary found Jesus, you know what I think she said to him? Can somebody be my Jesus? Who wants to be my Jesus? Yari? I think this is what she did. I am so glad I found you. But you know what? You scared me to death. But from now on, follow me. Just stay with me, and you know what? It's all going to be good because we're going to go have some lunch, and we're going to, and she continued to talk to him. Do you think that happened? No. Now, you know what else I think Jesus said back to his mom? Mom, I forgive you. Do you think that was what he said? I think so. Thank you, Yari. So when I got to thinking about taking a hand, I was digging around in this drawer looking for a frame, and I got to show you, it says in the Bible that she treasured these things. She was so glad to see Jesus and see that he was actually at the temple, and he was talking to a lot of the priests and elders. 
But you know what? I think every mom can relate to this. This is a treasure. Does every mom have a plaster Paris hand from your child? Well, so this is what I found. I'm like, this is awesome. So this is my son's, Caleb. It says room two, and he was probably about first or second grade, I think. But you know what, you guys? Look at the treasure in that. I can see his hand in mine. And so when I think of those awesome years that you guys are all going through and thinking, oh my gosh, especially you graduates, you're going on to first grade. How am I going to do this? But you know what? Jesus takes your hand one day at a time, and he says, follow me. I'm going to help you through this. That's what Jesus does for moms, and that's what Jesus does for all of you kids. So let's have a word of prayer, and then I want you to go back and sit with your mom, okay? Heavenly Father, we just love you. We thank you for um, the opportunity to be moms, to love our moms, to love our grandmas, and all the women in our lives, in our church family, and all those that surround us. We ask that you bless each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. And Miss Teresa. It is such a privilege to honor the Mary Sunshine parents. Uh, some of you might even not know that we have a whole academic preschool of about 30 kids that come here. And this is just a special day. We have some graduates. So I am going to let Teresa go. Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks for being here today and letting us come and tell you a little bit about Mary Sunshine. Um, I know a lot of you know that we're here because we see a lot of you during the week. You wave to the kids, you're friendly to the kids. We know you're probably praying for them and we appreciate it so much. Um, and so my name's Teresa Hoffman and I'm the, the lead teacher for both of the classes. We service children ages three, four, and five before they are ready to go to kindergarten, but I don't do it alone. And the exciting thing for me is not only are the kids here, but my entire staff is here. So I'm gonna invite them to come up with me. So uh, first I have Ms. Kelly Lindley. She's my assistant on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So thanks for being here, Ms. Kelly. And then also um, Julie, or sorry, um, Jenny John is here, and she's my helper on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Another awesome helper. And then uh, Peggy Schneider is here, and we're really blessed to have Miss Peggy. She comes in on Mondays and um, loves doing small groups um, of literacy skills with the kids, and so she comes in on Mondays and helps us. So, so blessed. Um, I do want to introduce uh, the kids that are here today. So we're introducing both those that are moving on to kindergarten, and then I've got some friends here who are going to come back to Mary Sunshine in the fall and be one of our 32 friends who we uh, have here at school. So the first one I'll introduce is Juliana John. So she's Miss Jenny's daughter, and she's moving on to kindergarten. So welcome here today, Miss Juliana. And next I want to uh, bring up uh, Liam O'Hara. He is here with us today, and he's moving on to kindergarten. Come on up, Liam. Uh, the next friend to come up is Miss Macy Crimmins. She's headed off to kindergarten, so come on up and join us, Macy. And then next we're going to invite up Ethan Adair. Come on up, Ethan, and join us up here. He's headed off to kindergarten, too. And then also here today is Marissa Roush. Come on up, Marissa. She just got back from Florida. She's headed off to kindergarten this fall. And then Kenzie Whiting is here. She's also going off to kindergarten. I'm lucky to have all of these friends, but I'm extra lucky I got to have Macy and Kenzie for three years because they started when they were a little bit younger, so I think I'm going to cry when they leave. And then also here today are a couple friends who are going to come back in the fall. So Harper Hoyt is here. Come on up, Harper. And also Carly Wright is here, and she's going to come back and join us in the fall. And then do we have a few slides that we're going to show? Yeah? Okay. 
All right, so there's our logo for Mary Sunshine Preschool. We've got just a few. I hope you can see them. Um, this is an example of us working with the children in smaller groups than the 14 or 18 that are here with us. So there's Miss Kelly, and that's just an example how we make a smaller group, and we're working on some academic skills there. And then we like to get dirty and explore, explore science. I love science, and so this was a color mixing um, and tie-dye activity. So there's our, our friend Leo doing that activity. And there's all of us celebrating um, Isabella who turned five. So we took a class photo. So we like to celebrate our kids and their milestones. So she was turning five. And uh, we set up different centers in our room, so we're always going to have reading and math and science. But we always have a dramatic play outlet, so it might be a post office or a kitchen. Here, we had our own little schoolhouse going on, and that was very popular. And we love to encourage a love of books. And uh, we have some new furniture that was donated, some child-sized furniture. And here's some of the kids independently looking at books, so that always makes me smile. Um, there we are dressed up for, um, when we come back from spring break, we did a superhero princess week. So how can you be a superhero for Jesus or, you know, be a princess for Jesus and what those qualities are? And to make that extra fun, we kind of reused our Halloween costumes or dressed up again, and the kids really enjoyed that. We did a parade around the church. And we love visitors. This is Ethan's grandma. She came in and she provided some activities and read a book and did some stories with us. And so uh, we always love the different visitors. We've had some grandparents and parents come to visit. So, and you all are welcome anytime if you'd ever like to visit. This is Grandparents Day, so it gets crowded in our classroom, but we luckily have that whole education wing to spread out in. And when everybody comes, we need to do that. So we celebrated all of our grandparents. And there's another picture from Grandparents Day. Oh, and we like snack. <laughs> so we offer a snack every day, and if they want it, they can have it. And if they're not hungry, they can say no thank you. And we're always working. There were counting bears and one-to-one -one correspondence. And we have a sensory table. It could have sand. It could have water. It could have shaving cream. It could have uh, scissors and cutting. But we always have something going on in the sensory table. And there we are, just that large group, all kind of working on an activity all together. And we love our church visitors. Mr. Sean comes, and Pastor Joy comes, and we have Miss Karen once in a while. So there's Pastor Joy coming to share the resurrection story with us. And the Easter Bunny, of course, too. And then our Mr. Sean. And then we just, uh, this is uh, some little, three little pigs activities we did, and we were doing some acting out, so another dramatic um, um, opportunity for the kids. And there we are working again. I think that's about it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I heard a rumor maybe that we're going to do a little song with Mr. Sean. Is that true, Mr. Sean? Awesome. All right, will you guys get, let's, let's do a song and sing along, okay?
Thank you, Teresa. Mary Sunshine, we love you. As we continue on with our worship service, we have an opportunity to worship God through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Let's pray for that offering. Lord God, I thank you for all that you've given us. And we now return back to you our tithes and offerings and ask that you use them to further your work in the Quad Cities and around the world. In Jesus' name I pray. spend some time in prayer. There will be a time in the service that if God is calling you to lift up a name, if you're praying for somebody, you can, you can do that during this prayer, and there will be a, a moment for that. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for how you are interacting in our lives. Many of us, Lord, are 
praising you for the mothers that you have allowed to be in our lives. Also, those special mentor women who have been in the role of a mom. And, and we, we, our lives have been blessed by them. And so, Lord, we, we ask that you bless them and that they will somehow know just how important of a role they've played in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the, the growth of the Mary Sunshine kids and all of the kids in our church that uh, have come to, to milestones in their lives and then ready for the next, next step. We thank you and we praise you for that. Lord, also, I ask that you be with each person here. Sometimes a holiday like Mother's Day is difficult and, and painful because of uh, grieving the loss of a mom or the loss of a child, maybe some other difficulty in life. So, uh, Lord, I ask that you, you comfort those who need your comforting touch today. And Lord, you have brought to mind many who uh, need our, our prayers and need you to interact in their lives. And we lift those names to you right now. Thank you for answering the prayers that we are lifting up to you. Hear those prayers, both spoken and unspoken, Lord. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning is from the Gospel of Luke. You, you could, uh, Gospel of Luke. You can find it on page 1028 in the Bibles that are in the pews. And if you do not have a Bible at home and would like one, we have uh, those in the pews. We give those out as gifts. So you are welcome to uh, um, take, uh, take one of those if you, if you want. If you look on the, the, the leaf inside the Bible, uh, you will see that it says it's a gift from Christ Church to you. Because we, we want you to have the Word of God and be able to use that at home and read, read it. So we're going to be looking at uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word today. And may this witness to your word be faithful. Amen. 
Please watch this uh, clip. you lock up? Yeah. Did you close the garage? Many of you recognize that from the movie Home Alone, and I bet every mom here today can remember a moment like that, a Kevin moment, where it's just all of a sudden like you look around and you realize the child is not with you. As we're reading the, the, the scripture today, do you wonder if Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a Kevin moment? You bet she did. She lost her 12-year-old boy, or was he a man? Well, he was her son, and she was worried about it. Now, this passage of Scripture, though it seems like a relatively insignificant event in the life of Jesus Christ, actually carries a great deal of importance when we look at the gospel story. It starts out by saying every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. The custom. Well, what, you know, what, is, what, what are we referring to, the custom? Well, there's actually uh, a mandatory attendance for all men 12 years old or older. You, uh, you may have, uh, have heard of a bar, bar mitzvah. It's something that is recognized with, with uh, children, and basically it, it has to do with now being a man and, and, and also taking up or uh, respecting the law of, of the faith. And that's what, uh, that's what Jesus was now doing. It was... It was the aim to, uh, even though he lived further than 15 miles away, it was the aim for every Jew who possibly could would be, in, would be in Jerusalem. Worldwide, the aim was that they would be in Jerusalem for Passover at least once in their life. And even to today, uh, even till uh, this day, when Jews celebrate Passover, they'll end that celebration with the words, next year in Jerusalem. It's sort of a, a, a statement of redemption, but it's also a statement saying, you know, it would be nice if next year we could actually celebrate Passover in Jerusalem. Now, the Jewish boy was considered a man at 12. That's why I ask, was this a boy or was this a man? Uh, when Jesus turned 12, he was to accept and start obeying the religious laws. So this was, in essence, kind of a first for Jesus to be a part of what the men do during the Passover, the rituals of the, of the city, and all, the holy city, and also in the temple. They would have fascinated him. That's, that's where we are with this. And then the festival ends. And the text says, after the festival is over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Now, I just stop right there. Notice it didn't say they left him or that he was, in essence, lost. He apparently intentionally made the decision to stay. 
Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for on a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Now, how does that happen? How do you, how do you lose your child as you're heading back to home from, um, uh, you know, from going from Jerusalem back up to Nazareth? There's about a five-day trip. And they would travel in caravans. They would travel with uh, relatives and close friends. They were all going to Jerusalem, so they traveled together, and then they would travel back. But then there's also this thing that, that happens at age 12. You see, the women start back a little earlier. They've, you know, they've got the children in tow. They, they go a little slower. They start earlier. The men come later in the day, and then wherever they're going to camp that night or stay that night, that's when they meet up. So, interesting enough, this, this year, this 12th year, Apparently, Joseph thought that Jesus went, as usual, with mom on back. Mary would have thought Jesus stayed with the men and would be coming later. So when they get together that evening, they start checking notes. They have a Kevin experiment, uh, you know, uh, uh, like, what? Jesus, where is he? They realize he is not with the group at all. Now, verse 45 says, When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Now, they lost Jesus. Mary, who knew something was special about this child, I mean, after all, she got visited by an angel saying that you will, you will have the Son of God. Then he was born and the shepherds, well, Elizabeth, her, her relative, even before uh, she was born, was talking about the child, special child. The shepherds had a, had a special uh, message about the child. Uh, and it just, yeah, the list goes on. The, 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 the wise men coming. Um, it, it just seemed like there were several things that said this child is very special. Age 12. Mary is thinking to herself, I've lost the child of God. Oh, no. I mean, that's a lot of weight. Do you remember, do you remember the first time you left home? I do. I was in kindergarten. <laughs> first day of school. I remember... My mom walked me to school that first day. We walked out the back. Our, our, our house was an older house. It actually had a, had, had a concrete sidewalk that went all the way down the backyard to the alley. We walked down that. We turned right in, in, in the alley and, and went about a half a block and then turned left on Charles Street, went about a half a block, and then went on Adams Street on, on the sidewalk for about six blocks, and there was a school. She showed me the building, and she... She was right outside the building. She said, now when school's over, I'll be right here, and, and you come and meet me right after school, and we'll walk home. And she was pointing out things as we were going. And I thought, well, this is not so bad. And uh, so I, after school that first day, I, I, sure enough, Mom was there. And then uh, as we were going home, she was pointing out things. She was having me count the blocks, and and then uh, where to turn, and, and all got back to that. Now, the next day, we started out again, which is fine. You know, Mom's going to show me the way. And would you believe she went out the back yard with me, down the alley, turned left on Charles Street for half a block, then turned right on Adams, and she stopped. And she said, Okay, now the school is straight ahead for six blocks. Do you think you can find it? I said, yeah, I think so. She said, okay, you go on to school, and after school I'll be right here waiting for you. Now, in my mind, I was thinking, gee, I'm not so sure. Maybe, maybe Mom should go with me, but I didn't. I just turned around and said, okay, see you after school, and, and took off. Left home, 
first time by myself. Now, I think of that now, and I wonder how in the world did she ever do that? Seems kind of foreign, doesn't it? And, and uh, part, part of me was saying, well, you know, after all, you were the fourth child. She'd been through this four t- three other times. She's probably back home thinking, well, if I lose him, three out of four is not too bad of an average, <laughs> you know. But as I've gotten older and I think it through, even though I wasn't looking back, what do you think? I bet my mom was following me, making sure I made it. Moms do that. They have a way of looking out for their kids. Mary had to be beside herself that Jesus was was missing and so they traveled another day to get back to Jerusalem and began looking for him. They looked all around, they couldn't find You know, they, 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 they probably were looking in places where they thought a kid would go. And then they finally, it says, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And actually, they were kind of astonished by that, but there he was. Now, what's happening here? During the Passover season, the Sanhedrin, which was the, the major governing body of the Jerusalem area, a religious body, they would, they would come into the temple courts and they would sit there and people would come up to them and they would discuss religious and theological questions with anyone who would listen. Interesting side note is this Sanhedrin later on would be the group responsible for putting Jesus to death. But here he is, a 12-year-old boy, sitting among them, and, and, and uh, Mary and Joseph come up, and they find him there. Now, what, what it says is that he was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Hearing and asking questions used to be what students would do in terms of learning from their teachers. It was a phrase that was used when it came to being a student, is that you would listen and ask questions. Now, hearing and asking questions that Jesus was doing was impressing the Jewish religious leaders. He he was in a time of discovery, being 12 years old, And it was a time of molding of who he was and what his future was supposed to be. And these men, these learned men of the faith, they were helping in this process of, in essence, answering the questions that he had. Now, there's there's one way to ask questions and there's another way to ask questions. Do you know what I mean? You ever... You know, you ever want to look at someone and say, that's really a stupid question. Why in the world would you even ask that? And then there are others that are questions that just sort of blow you away, like, wow, that is a great question. My, my son Samuel has a new job with Zeglins, and it just so happens that he's really excited about um, a, a grill, a Traeger grill, and he has done his homework on this grill. Uh, I mean, they uh, are in the process of buying a house, and he says, well, Dad, you know this house is just an accessory for the grill. (laughs) And so he knows about everything about Traeger grills. Well, it just so happened that one of the the salespeople from the Traeger company came into the store and was showing some things to all, all the employees there about the Traeger grills. And Sam started firing these questions. And they were rather deep questions about this grill. And one of them, he said, you know, I haven't heard anybody ask that question except for, for the national organization. And, and it finally, he said, wait, wait I, I got something for you. He went out to the car and got him a, tra- a Traeger shirt um, because he was so impressed with Sam's question. Because 
Sam's questions were about something he was very interested in and he had already done his homework. So they were on a different level. Well, obviously, Jesus' questions were on a far different level than other 12-year-old boys. They were amazed with his understanding and the kinds of questions he was asking. Okay, That's the setting. Enter Mama Bear. Three days separated from her son, her first son. And think of the emotions that are going on. She finally sees him. There's relief there, but at the same time, there's uh, anguish, there's, there's astonishment, there's, there's uh, uh, frustration. All, all of the above, fear, everything. Just the, 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 the sense of release, everything was coming out at that moment. And it went like this, verse 48. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. You know what that meant, didn't you? You are in trouble, son. What were you thinking? Now, that pretty much is what she was saying, don't you think? It's lecture time. My 12-year-old son is going to get it. But then the response of Jesus, well, the response of Jesus changed everything. Just changed everything. This is what he said. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Okay, now, what Mary said was, your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. But now there comes this this point in his life at age 12 where he is understanding more fully that his real father is the heavenly father and he is identifying who he truly is. And so his response is a very genuine, but it's one that sets his parents back you know, it had been a decade. It's been a decade since all these these uh, uh, things were said about him and the miraculous birth and everything, and life just is happening to this young family. And then all of a all of a sudden, Jesus reminds him who he really is. Didn't you know? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Things would have been different after that. God is referred to as Father around 15 times in the Old Testament. We see it about 15 times. Jesus refers to God as Father 165 times in the four Gospels. He got it, he understood. He was recognizing who he was and who who God was to him. Now, what what about, you know, what what about that? Still 12 years old with the family. I love what 51 has to say. Verse 51 he says, "Then he went down to Nazareth with them <clears throat> and was obedient to them." Okay, so he's probably a model son, you know, being Jesus and all. But notice he he was obedient to them. He did what they wanted him to do. He uh, responded well. And I'm sure he was uh, someone who loved his family. Now, Mary's response, the mother's response is this. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. She treasured them. Moms and the dads, you know, you know those moments in life that are vividly with you right now. The ones you treasure, the ones you would not give up 
for a million dollars because they're so precious to you. As your children are growing up and you, you hear them say or, or do certain things that just become treasures. His mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Mother never ceases to be a mom. My mother passed away this past year. This is my first Mother's Day that I can't give her a call, can't be with her. But she doesn't cease to be my mom. She's still with me. And in some ways still guides me with words that she has said in the past. <clears throat> you know, we, we just respond to our moms, or should, in positive ways at times. I remember when I graduated from seminary and started my first full-time appointment. I was only about 45 minutes from where my parents lived, my home. And so I, uh, I was able to see them a lot. And I remember having uh, an event at the, uh, <clears throat> at the little town of Bowen where I was serving. And it was talent night under the stars with our, our uh, kids and high school and, and others that we put on a talent show right in the middle of the town park, town uh, park right down there downtown, and, and we invited everyone to come, and, and uh, one of the youth invited a, uh, a, a woman who, a young woman who was actually serving as a district youth coordinator at the time to this event, and she came, and she so happened to sit down right next to my mom. I didn't know who she was. You know, I knew everybody in Bowen. I mean, you know, Bowen was so small, you didn't have to use your turn signal when you were driving, I mean, in your car, because everybody knew where you were going anyway. You know, it's that small. This woman, I didn't know who it was, sitting with my mom. Yeah, I didn't think that much of it. Um, but after a while, I, I was over there taking a break, and I was over talking to my mom, and, and um, this this young lady was walking down the street and mom pointed at her and said, who is that? And uh, I said, well, she was sitting with you. I, I, don't, I don't know who she is. She looked at me and she said, well, don't you think you better find out? Which was rather unusual because up to this point, anybody I had dated or even thought about dating, mom just sort of looked down her nose like, I don't know if you're good enough for my son. Here this woman was sitting right next to her. She hadn't even been formally introduced. And she's telling her son, don't you think you need to find out who she is? Kent, Kent. Well, you probably already figured out that that young lady was Joy. Mom, indirectly, Put us together. It's a good example of listening to your mom. You know, it, it, it has worked well. <clears throat> Moms, you uh, you have an opportunity to be a strong influence on your child. And it goes like this. Someone wrote this, and I'll close with this. The son say or the, 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 the child will say, I'll be concerned what people think of me. I'll need you to teach me. I only need God's approval. I want, a lot of, I want to have a lot of money so I can buy what I want. I'll need you to teach me that my things belong to God. I want what I want when I want it. I'll need you to teach me to be a servant so I can love others. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll need you to show me how to learn from God's wisdom. I'll tend to think about myself above others. I'll need you to teach me that the last will become 
first. I'll act like I don't have any problems. I'll need you to show me how to share my struggles with others. I'll have many reasons to hold grudges. I'll need you to model forgiveness so that I learn to show grace. I'll struggle with my looks and, and my appearance. I'll need you to remind me that God wonderfully made me. But the most important part of all of this is I will need you. I'll need you to point me toward Christ when no one else will. Moms, thank you for what you do. Remember that your job is never over. And and those of you who are Christ followers, remember that that's your job. Influence your child to become a Christ follower as well. That's, that's your job. Let's pray. Thank you, God. We thank you for moms. We thank you for Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the nurture and the care that that went into his life early on. I ask that you be with each one of us today. And as we celebrate mothers, and, and uh, we will uh, we'll also celebrate uh, Mary and, and her influence on Jesus. Be with us as we uh, um, seek to, to truly draw closer to you. Help us to do that in our, in our prayers and our reading of, of your holy word, serving others. Help us to do that which you are calling us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's all stand together as we thank God for his amazing grace.
had to slip out earlier, Jose is uh, 17 years old today. It's his birthday, and we're going to wish him a happy birthday, but do that for us, if you will. <laughs> so go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Amen.